Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Beat. The men's game may now be interrupted by yet another international break, but here at the Arsenal Beat, we plough on regardless. On our latest show, we head over the channel to talk to Jeremy Docteur of France Football for an update on lone pairing William Saliba and Mathieu Guendouzi, before Molly Hudson of the Times discusses the Women's Champions League defeat to Barcelona and what it means to Arsenal's fine start to the season. We will hear from our resident WSL specialist Molly shortly, but first of all, let's listen to what Jeremy Docteur had to say about Saliba and Guendouzi. So Jeremy, if we start with uh, William Saliba, he's someone obviously that that French football fans will will actually be quite accustomed to now, given that he was... He obviously came through the ranks at Saint-Étienne. He was on loan in Ligue 1 last year. He's back there this year. What impact has he had at Marseille so far? Oh, massive. Um, you know, uh, he played almost every game. I think he just missed one game because he was rested. Um, and for, I think, if we... Apart from, like, the two last three games, he's probably been Marseille's best defender, to be honest. Um he, you know, I think Arsenal will be delighted with that because um, obviously when you loan out a player, you want him to play. And if he's playing well, well, that, that's brilliant. Um, and, you know, all the qualities uh, we knew he had, he really, um, you know, he, he's progressed well on that and he's been really dominant and confident. I mean, in terms of his uh, passing, how he wins his duels, uh, adapting to the tactics and the system some power he deploys. Um, and, you know, he's got that spirit, the willingness to beat his man, uh, to make up for his mistakes. And I think that's really important because, you know, when he's caught, he always tries to make up for it. And, you know, uh, he's got that composure and, and, and the sort of a calmness in his game. Um, and in terms of, um, I know, you know, an, an impact he's, he's had for the team, uh, you know, he's only 20 and being one of the best defenders in the league at 20 is quite massive, I think. Uh, and at one stage, it was like ridiculous because literally every week you read about um, how lucky Marseille were to have him. Uh, it was sort of a miracle that they were able to, to get him on loan. And what's more, how mad Arsenal uh, were to uh, let him on loan and why, why he was not playing week in, week out. Um, I think there was a bit of, you know, it was a bit exaggerated there because... Uh, it was at the start of the season when uh, Arsenal were terrible, lost to Brentford, Chelsea, Man City. And, you know, uh, Ben White and Gabriel were not in the team yet, hadn't settled, there were the injuries and all that. But, it's, yeah, it's really quite striking to see the reputation he has here for, for such a, a young lad. Um, but then, to be fair, uh, he struggled a bit more recently, uh, I think a bit like the, the entire team. Um, in my opinion, it's down to a few things. Uh, I'd say the fact that Marseille are playing a lot of games. They're in the Europa League too. So there's maybe a bit of fatigue there. Um, and the, the, as I said, the team uh, uh, are struggling a bit overall. Um, and I think that maybe down also to uh, some Paoli's style of play. You know, it's high tempo all the time, very demanding football. Um, he has like a very attacking minded vision. And so basically, um, the, the defenders are like the first attacking players on the pitch because he wants to build from the back and all that. So you have to, go, you have to be 100% concentrated and committed to what you're doing all the time. Um, 
So when you're that young, um, I think you're always going to struggle at, at some points. And I think that's normal. And um, I remember, though, as I said earlier, you know, he always makes up for his mistakes. And, you know, he doesn't just completely sink into the game. Uh, I, I remember, for instance, this weekend against Lille, he was, I think, at fault on the first goal Lille scored and uh, was a bit caught, caught on, the, on the first goal. And he kind of managed to bounce back in the game, you know, with his passing, his kind of commanding style of play with very accurate uh, balls to, to the, his teammates. He's always, like, aggressive. And he's, like, really a modern central defender, I think. Uh, and so they conceded that goal. And uh, I think it was, like, just before the break... Uh, I think it was Burak Yilmaz, so Lille's striker, who, uh, I mean, would have scored nine, nine times out of ten, but Sadiba made an outstanding tackle to deny him that goal. So he's all, like, he keeps his focus, if, if that makes sense. You know, he's not, just doesn't get lost into what he's doing. Um, so overall, yeah, to, to answer, sorry, I bit, might be a bit long here, but um, I feel... Um, one one interesting point also is that uh, the fact that he struggled uh, might have made people realize that he's only what twenty years old, and he's not he's not what uh, Maldini or Sol Campbell or whatever yet. He may get there, but he's still very young. He's got to learn quite a lot. Um, he's progressing well, um, so the, the fans love him. The the media like him. Uh, I mean. So far, so good, I'd say. And I, I hope that he, it, it continues like that. And I've no doubt that he'll play like probably 20, 36 out of 38 games in the league. You, you would have seen a lot of Arsenal playing. You've seen, obviously, uh, Saliba playing. Would the way that Arsenal are playing and that Mikel Arteta wants to play with his defence when you, when you look at the two combined? Yeah, I think so. Um, well, uh, I think he'd fit in what uh, Mikel Arteta wants to do. Now, I'm not sure Arsenal have been doing exactly what he wants to do. Um, but in terms of building from the back, uh, in terms of being able to break lines and pass in between the lines and find some teammates, um, you know, that's exactly what he's doing at Marseille. And I think what Sampaoli, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, what Sampaoli is doing at Marseille is kind of what Arteta wants to do uh, uh, for, uh, at Arsenal. And um, he's also, there's also th this interesting aspect that he's quite tall, but also very quick, you know. So um, playing a high line, uh, defenders are often caught, you know, in their back and, uh, you know, strikers making runs. I think he's good at dealing with that, dealing with the pace of the game, the pace of the passes. Um, I can, I can see, um, I can see why people would be a bit. Well, I can see both sides. I, I can see why people don't understand why he's not in the team, but I also can understand people who'd say, well, he's maybe not ready yet. Um, but I think he'd fit in well in what Arthur wants to do in, uh, in games like against Tottenham I think he would have been great because Arsenal were really you know uh, it was interesting to see how they were building from the back how the central uh, defenders were, were used uh, how important the passing is from the centre defenders um, and that's exactly his game I mean uh, you know I think central defenders now 
they have to know how to defend. And I think we tend to forget that a bit, but they also need to be able to pass the ball with accuracy uh, and to be able to be proactive. And I think that's exactly what uh, William Sadiba uh, is about. Then I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about the, the, the pace in the Premier League, that the physicality that might be a bit higher, a bit tougher than, uh, than in Ligue 1. But I think, you know, he's still young and, what he's showing with Marseille, I completely understand. Say, if, if Arteta was the man who'd sign him, it would have made perfect sense for me because it's exactly like sort of a, a mix of probably Gabriel and Ben White, but younger and taller probably. Obviously, we've, we've not only got over there, we've also got uh, Matteo Guendouzi. That's a slightly different scenario, given that he was obviously established in the Arsenal team over here before we know what happened. There were question marks over his attitude there. What has that been like since he's been at Marseille? Oh, no, Guendouzi's been Guendouzi, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> he, he's also a key player. I mean... Uh, he hasn't, I think he hasn't missed a game, like literally hasn't missed a game. Uh, he was captain against Lille at the weekend for the first time. He's being called up uh, with uh, the French national team by Didier Deschamps again. I think he may play uh, playing against Belgium and uh, Spain or Italy, depending on the result of that game. I think he might get his debut uh, for France. Um, so all's going pretty well so far. It's, you know, um, when he joined the club, I was like, well, you know, this club is really special here in France. I don't know how it's seen in, in the UK or anywhere in Europe. Well, I know in Europe um, people know about Marseille, but here it's a really special club. I mean, the fans are incredible, uh, passionate. There's huge pressure on the players. The expectations are really high. Uh, so I was thinking, like, either this works tremendously well or it's going to be a massive disaster. And... I'm kind of reassured by the way he adapted well into the team. You know, he's still getting doozy. His attitude on the, on the pitch, he's all running all over the place all the time with that attacking mentality. He loves to run uh, with the ball and dribble. And, you know, and I think I remember that Arsenal too. He sometimes gets a bit, you know, he's running everywhere, but he's not, he's a bit, you know, tactically, he's not always where he should be, but he's always like running everywhere. Uh, there's great wittingness and passion in, in what he does on the pitch. Uh, he never hides when things aren't going right, right for his team. And I think you, your question also uh, is about um, the behaviour. And I think you probably have seen um, that, that sort of clash he had against Galatasaray with uh, Patrick von Arnold, a former uh, Premier League player. Um, it's no surprise to you that, you know, he's, he's a hot-headed man. Um, he also had a very... How, how should I put that? Like tense discussion with a uh, Jason, uh, a teammate at, against Lance, because he thought he was not well positioned, and that I think they conceded a goal, and he was not happy with how where he was standing on the pitch and uh, and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's it's good to have players like that with his personality. You know, you can motivate the team um, because it's it's interesting. I think that he's he's still quite young. Uh, but he's got plenty of experience. I mean, he's played for Arsenal in European competitions. Uh, he's now at Marseille. He's, he's got a... If you just look at the... And you, you look at his career, uh, you probably say, well, that... He's, what, 22, 23? Uh, 
this guy's probably going to have a, a great career. I mean, Arsenal and Marseille are decent clubs and, uh, and you can see that he's progressing well. Um, again, I think uh, there are some question marks on his behaviour. Um, he hasn't, and at the moment, Marseille have clearly a dip in form. Um, and, you know, when the team's not doing as well, there's always loads of questions on who's responsible uh, what's not going well. And I think some people uh, have been pointing at him a bit more than at the start of the season. But, um, and, you know, there's this kind of this idea that maybe uh, the, the old Ganduzi is back. You know, it all starts really well. You're impressed by him. He becomes a, a star player in the team. Uh, sort of the first man you want to pick. I remember that with Unai Emery. He was quite good. And yeah. Um, and then there's all of a sudden, well, I don't know if it's all of a sudden or gradually when things aren't going well, uh, there's a sort of a break, a split either with the players or the manager, uh, like what happened at Arsenal with Arteta. So I hope, I hope for him it won't be the case because he's like, he's truly a great player. I mean, uh, he has a great, great attitude to succeed. Uh, and the fans are absolutely, absolutely delighted to have him. You know, they love, fans love players like that. Uh, like yelling at everyone all the time and always 100% on, you know, just fighting for, for the club, for the badge. Uh, I remember like a kind of reminiscent of, you know, Jack Wilshere was a bit like that and playing, fans always like players like that. Um, I think, you know, the, the key point in this will be how it works out with the manager. And I think Sampali fits perfectly well. Well, I mean, he fits perfectly well in, uh, in the system and the team. And I think he needs a manager like that for, for him to thrive because he needs confidence and and um, he needs he needs someone. You know, some parties a bit. You know, he's got that reputation. He's like mad. Uh, he's like always yelling. And, and at the same time, it's good because you know he might be able to tell Gunduzi, well, mate, just now shut up, calm down. I told you to do this. Just stick to what you're entitled to do and don't don't get lost in in, in other you know, in, in stupid nonsense and just stick to what you're good at and you are good at a lot of things. Jonas Eidfeld has made a fine start to life as manager of the Arsenal women's team, but his side were brought crashing down to earth with defeat to Champions League holders Barcelona in Spain in the week. I caught up with Molly Hudson for an update on what it means to the team moving forward. So Molly, you said in your match report on Wednesday um, that you quoted Jonas saying, in Sweden we say a shovel is a shovel, a football game is a football game. Um, is it fair to say Barcelona certainly used their shovel to, to well and truly bury an Arsenal side that started the season quite well, hadn't they? Yeah, you always felt as though that quote <laughs> might come to back, uh, back to bite him a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it was just a... It's a bit weird, actually, because... I don't think you can really look at that Arsenal display and say they did too much wrong, which seems mental because they lost 4-1 and was pretty thoroughly outplayed. Um, but I think Barca are, are just so good. I think, and Emma Hayes said this last night as well, um, that it's fair to say pretty much everyone in the competition is is some way off Barcelona at the minute, particularly the Women's Super League sides. Um, I think they, they just 
outplayed Arsenal from from pretty early on. Um, Arsenal managed to keep him out for for over half an hour, which is obviously a lot more than Chelsea managed in the in the Champions League final last season. But it was pretty inevitable that a goal was going to come. And I think, you know, something I noticed he 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 said a shovel is a shovel, and that he, he's not scared of anything, wouldn't be intimidated by anything. But I think it's quite hard not to be intimidated by a pre-match trophy presentation from last season where Barcelona have won the UEFA's goalkeeper of the year, defender of the year, midfielder of the year and overall player and forward of the year. Like that's what you're coming up against quite simply. Um, so I think he, he was right not to be daunted by it. And I completely understand what he was saying. And I actually think obviously some of the fans probably don't get to see that side of Jonas too much, but in the press conferences, he, considering he's not a native English speaker, he, he does cross that line between, you know, confident but not arrogant really well, I think. Um, and obviously it's quite a step up for him from from media to, to what he would have had at, at Rosengard last season. He's still, you know, pretty young and pretty inexperienced. So, you know, I don't want to slate, slate his quote too much. It's just one that maybe didn't age, didn't age so well. Um, just because of, of how good Barcelona are. Obviously, Arsenal had a, a great start to, to the Super League season, but I assume this, this result was wholly expected almost, wasn't it, given just how far ahead Barcelona are of almost any other team in Europe? Yeah, I think so. And I think it was more maybe a, a sort of learning experience, I suppose, of of yes, Arsenal have made this incredible start to the season. You know, if you include the, the pre-season friendlies, 11 wins in 11 games for Jonas, it was sort of all going swimmingly. I think in a way this might sort of benefit them in the long term that yes, they're doing so well domestically. And, you know, we saw Chelsea last season got battered by Barcelona and still won the Women's Super League title, still won the League Cup. So it, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to impact their season, but I think it, it is good to know that there there is a lot more to be improved upon. It's certainly not the finished product, and I I don't think Jonas has you know ever said it is. He, he you know Arsenal did improve in the second half. Um, he made quite a bold choice in bringing off all three of his front players um, quite early on in the second half. You know the idea of of Vivian Miedemar coming off under Joe Montemoro, the previous manager, just sort of didn't happen. She just didn't get a rest, and I think it it was quite intelligent actually to sort of sacrifice those three because they were almost just used for, for legs in a way to, to press Barcelona and and the players that come off the bench, particularly, you know, Nikita Paris, Tobin Heath, Manitou Ibuchi. I mean, they're incredible players to bring off the bench. And I think they, they did actually improve Arsenal, whether it was just a case of Barcelona retiring a little bit towards the end. Um, but I think Jonas was, was quite honest in the fact that maybe he, some of the little tweaks he made maybe at halftime he, he could have made earlier. And I think he he's very much aware that it is a work in progress. And I think this is maybe uh, a good, something that they'll look back on because, you know, it's, it's the group stage, they play them again. So it'd be interesting to see whether Jonas lines up any differently. And I think it's a really positive step for, for women's football generally that we have this group stage now where you don't have to play a team like Barcelona, just get knocked out by them and then that's it. Whereas in the group, you kind of have another chance and you're playing with the team. So I think ultimately it will help to close that gap to a team like Barcelona and to give Arsenal a bit more um, experience against teams of that level.
they returned to WSL action this weekend against Everton. Is this a, a real test now, really, of Jonas's early leadership in the sense that how they recover from that Barcelona defeat, you think, and how he recovers? I think it's always quite difficult when you have a midweek. I think Emma Hayes has talked about it in the past. I suppose you're a little bit more vulnerable on that that weekend straight after. And, you know, if if we'd have looked at Everton at the start of the season, you would have said this was a really, really difficult fixture. I think actually they've they've not started the season so well. I think they'll they look as if they're still gonna be a little way off that top three. So I think although Everton do have good players and they do have good players to hurt you, I think Jonas has built that squad now to have so much depth that he should be able to make enough changes. You know, players like Viv didn't play a full 90 minutes. So, of course, you know, you have to take into account the fact that they've travelled and things like that. But I think, you know, Arsenal will will still be favourites for for that match. And I think, actually, it, it sort of highlighted on Tuesday how much you probably don't learn from playing the majority of Women's Super League sides because they just pose a completely different kind of opposition to a team like Barcelona because Arsenal, it's fair to say, for most of this season, haven't really had to do a great deal of defending. Um, so I think they'll still be they'll be still still be favourites. And I think they'll almost just be hoping to to use that experience against Barcelona as a separate European thing. And I think hopefully it won't affect their their women's super league sort of form too much because, you know, as I say, it, it certainly didn't affect Chelsea last season. My thanks to Jeremy and Molly for joining me today. Do look out for our next special, which drops on October the 13th. Patrick Vieira, Captain Invincible. I'm joined by Henry Winter, John Cross and Mark Irwin as we take a look at Vieira's Arsenal legacy as he prepares to return to the club as Crystal Palace boss. (laughs) 